Welcome to Click, Treat, Repeat. This is a horse-focused podcast discussing positive reinforcement training, equine management and welfare, and other horse-related topics. So let's get started. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about some different myths and misconceptions in the horse world. This is a topic that we previously covered a while ago, like maybe I think in the late teens episodes. Um, but I think it's a good one to revisit because there are always kind of myths coming back up or new myths or new information about them. So I think it'll be interesting to cover some of them. And I think it'll be fun because we don't really know, like we didn't really plan what myths we're going to talk about. So we're just going to kind of see what comes up. So I don't know. Do you have one that you want to start with? Uh, there's an overwhelming amount. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to stick to just myths in the horse world, like keeping it broad, or do you want to do more like just with clicker training? Um, honestly, I don't know. I'm kind of good with whatever you think. Okay. Well, I guess one that always comes to mind first is that mares are crazy, chestnuts are crazy, or Arabians are crazy, or if you have the trifecta, that's the worst, apparently. Oh yeah, that is such a big one. That's that one just comes up like all the time. Um, I think with that one, it's there's kind of a lot of people who I think really want to look at the fact that you know, like oh, mares have hormones; they're going to be moodier. But really, like I don't think it's normal to be seeing such a big change in you know a horse's behavior based on their gender, and the research shows that as well. Um, just I can pull up really quickly. There's a study by Wolf et al. that found that there was no difference in behavior between mares and geldings, even um, when their handlers claimed that the mares had more behavioral problems. When they actually evaluated the horses, they didn't see any change. Um, and that also comes from Duberstein and Gilkison. And then there's another study by On et al. I'm probably mispronouncing that name, but it's fine. They found that there were some kind of minor gender related differences, such as that like geldings would play more and stuff like that, but they didn't affect riding and training and they weren't, you know, these like major crazy differences. They were just like, you know, small minor things that wouldn't really affect riding and training. Um, so I think there's definitely research on that showing that like, no, you should not be seeing your mare having like extreme moodiness it's not normal and if that is happening there's probably something medical going on or um you know maybe just you're not handling the horse in an appropriate way I think we've also talked a little bit about how um if we have these like I guess stereotypes in mind that mares tend to be moody or tend to be harder to handle we might be more likely to handle them harshly and then that harsh handling can lead to them actually becoming harder to handle so then that kind of creates like a circular sort of um thing going on there where we're kind of like we're kind of causing them to behave that way based on how we're treating them um so yeah I think there's kind of a lot to that but really there there's a good bit of research out there showing that we should not be seeing a major difference in behavior based on gender yeah, for sure. I think I've seen it the most with mares where because they're mares, their behavior is overlooked and they just assume they're just like that. Like you said, they could be thinking they're hormonal or something about them being female, whatever. But then because of that, they're not getting appropriate care for medical things. 
I've seen that a lot <laughs> with mares in general, and then even more so with chestnut mares. And even with just chestnuts in general, like people when I bought Wonder told me he was going to be crazy because of his color, which is just ridiculous. Your color doesn't change your personality. It's just weird to me. Yeah, the color thing makes absolutely no sense. Like I kind of see the gender thing because like we do have like sexism and like prejudice against like women. And so that makes sense that that might be extended to um female animals of another species as well but the color thing I mean I guess we have like racism but it's not really like that it's just like makes literally no sense like where is that idea even coming from like I don't know it's really bizarre so um I agree like it just makes no sense and it's a, a horse's personality is not going to be changed by their color it's just a physical characteristic um and but again like if people think that chestnuts are bad then they might handle them in a harsher way and then that might kind of create that sort of circular loop of the horse now is going to act or behave in more dangerous or hard to handle ways so yeah I mean I think it's just tough because like even if there is some truth to it which research shows there's not really but even if there was we couldn't really say whether that's because they're mares or because they're chestnuts or whatever or if that's because of the way we're handling them and because so many people handle them so harshly I would feel kind of inclined to say that I think that would be a big factor if anybody was seeing a difference yeah I completely agree with that and I think people don't realize how much of an influence our opinions of our horses have and this kind of extends off of that myth and is related but people think stallions are crazy too and so much of that is just because they're usually isolated or they have really limited turnout. They're not able to do the behaviors horses should be doing. That is so true. People definitely have that stereotype about stallions. And I haven't known a lot of stallions in my life just because they're somewhat rare, I feel like, and they just tend to be kept isolated. So they're not really out in herds at boarding barns and stuff like where I've interacted with them. But um, there was one stallion at a barn that I used to board at and he, um, thankfully he had 24 seven turnout, but he was by himself. So he didn't have social interaction, but a lot of stallions don't even get turnout. I think a lot of them are kept stalled or kept, um, in really small areas just because like, it is kind of tough, I think, to give such a large space to, you know, a horse that you're isolating, but really stallions don't have to be kept isolated. They can be kept with other stallions or geldings. Um, so I think it's just, you know, it's better if you can find a situation for a stallion where they can get to be a horse because any horse, like you said, that's being kept isolated or not able to move freely. I mean, that's, they're just not having their basic needs met. So of course they're not going to be behaving like a happy, healthy horse because they're not. So yeah, it's another one of those things for sure, where the way that we're treating them is kind of reinforcing the stereotypes about them yeah definitely and then another one related to this too is that ponies are crazy and evil I guess we just have a vendetta against all equine <laughs> yeah it's basically like everybody's evil except for geldings and um you know the geldings can't be chestnut either so it's like any I guess geldings that aren't chestnut are maybe okay but everybody else is evil which is just weird but yeah, I mean, the ponies one is a big thing. And I think that might come partially from that, like, ponies are smaller, so they're a little bit easier to sort of, I don't know, almost like manhandle or force to do stuff. Um, 
I mean, like, obviously they can still hurt you. Um, and you can also still force big horses to do stuff for sure. But I think people are like, oh, it's just a pony, like whatever, let's just throw an ill-fitting saddle on there and throw some kids on there and everything will be fine. Um, so they just kind of get treated in a way that's not as ideal. And then their behavior reflects that as well is kind of what I see happening. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of interesting that that's such a stereotype because like, I don't know, most of the ponies that I've known have been really, really sweet. Like I haven't really known a lot of ponies that have been, um, you know, showing those, those behavioral problems or anything like that. But I don't know. I mean, I guess it just, just depends, but anecdotally, I definitely have not seen that. Yeah. I think a lot of that too, is just how they're managed. Like I know minis are kind of really easy keepers. So a lot of people have to restrict their hay, which can cause bad behaviors or like even just their general health, I feel like is not as important to people as horses because they're not usually used for sport. They're kind of just like pasture pets. Some of them drive, but I feel like the majority are more treated like pets. So their physical health isn't often as important or a priority to owners as a regular sized horse. So I think there's a lot of factors that come from just management and then also training. Like you said, they can be manhandled pretty easily. So that's going to make them more defensive. And yeah, a lot of it with all of the stereotypes is just how we manage them. And also, I feel like a lot of the minis I've worked with, I think all of them actually have been at my job. So they do have restricted hay. And the only difference I've noticed with them really is that they're really food motivated, but that's probably why. Like, I don't think they're crazy and energetic because they're ponies. I think it's because of their management. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And that's a really good point that you brought up about like they're, the minis typically are not used for like sport. So they're not as important and they're not really making money or being, I don't know, like they're not sports equipment, basically like people kind of treat big horses sometimes. So I think that's definitely a factor and definitely the management as well. Like you said, um, yeah, I mean, with tiny, I always just noticed he was very sort of like slow, um, but that's just more so I think his health issues and being older and stuff like that, but he can still get out in the pasture and do some pretty crazy moves. So he's not that slow, but <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, that's kind of interesting. And then, um, this is kind of a moving on to another one, but something that that kind of reminded me of when we were talking about manhandling ponies is like kind of the, the myth that you can't force a horse to do anything because I think that's kind of, I think we've talked about that before, but there's sort of a myth that like, oh, if the horse didn't want to do something, they wouldn't do it. So therefore like it's fine for them to be like kicked to jump big courses or whatever. Cause if they didn't want to, they just wouldn't do it. And I think, that myth is really harmful because it kind of um, perpetuates the idea that horses are consenting to what they're being forced to do, but yet people aren't giving them the opportunity to consent because they actually are forcing them. So um, I think that's just kind of, I don't know, a myth that probably is kind of harmful. Yeah, that one is really harmful. And I feel like that's one that's spread a ton. So it really sucks. And I feel like it really undervalues their like emotional capacity because 
sure they can't rationalize like people do their frontal lobe isn't as developed but they still have emotions good and bad so like just because you're scaring them over a jump doesn't mean they're doing it because they want to it doesn't make any sense yeah exactly and just like I don't know the audacity that people have to be like oh my horse isn't being forced while they're literally like kicking them with spurs and like I don't know putting all this harsh equipment on them and stuff it's just like oh my god like what do you think you're doing it really bothers me and I really don't like to see it um and there's definitely a little bit of research on this too um there is a study by Squib et al from 2018 and they found that Horses frequently comply with rider or handler commands, not because they're comfortable with it, but because they want to avoid physical punishment, basically. And the study also found that physiological indicators of stress, like eye temperature and heart rate, were not associated with compliance. So horses that physiologically showed signs of stress, like elevated heart rate or elevated eye temperature, that didn't necessarily make them any less likely to carry out the task. So they were still being compliant, even when they were showing signs of stress. So I think that's really important to remember, like your horse may be really stressed and may still be complying with what you're asking, especially like as prey animals, they're pretty like conflict diverse. They're not really trying to get into conflict. They're pretty peaceful creatures. Um, so because of that, I think they're pretty easy to force into doing things. Um, and of course, there can be different coping styles as well. Some horses are shut down. Other ones may be more likely to kind of fight back or blow up it just depends I don't know it really bothers me really don't like to hear that myth I hope you enjoyed this episode of click treat repeat feel free to check us out on Instagram at click treat repeat pod you can find Jen at genuine equine and myself at bonafide.bt we upload new episodes every other Monday and hope to see you then happy training <laughs>